You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everyone and welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada. I am your host Kathy Biasse and I would like to thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. This show is being pre-recorded today but we still love your feedback and we do our very best to reply to all of the questions that we get. So feel free to engage us. You can email us at THH, that's for the Health Hub, so THH at RadioMaria.ca, or you can tweet at us at RadioMariaCan, or my personal account, Kathy underscore Biasse. So we have a really great show today. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, I made my way down here thinking of how to introduce the show, and I thought maybe we'd start with morning rituals. And most people get up and have, you know, pretty constant things that they do in the morning. I like to start my day after my lemon water, uh, easing into the day with a nice hot cup of coffee. In our house, my husband is usually up before everybody with the dogs. He sets the coffee up for us. And then as I make my way down into the kitchen, I put it on and that's our routine. I, I do not like early mornings. I don't like being rushed and my cup of coffee is my ritual, and I'm not alone in that. Um, I was reading a, I guess it was a survey, not sort of, sort of a research paper, but it was a survey and done in 2015 that showed out of 80 countries, Canada is ranked number one in liters of coffee, coffee drank per capita. And it makes a lot of sense. We have coffee shops on every corner, and I don't think there's a Canadian that doesn't uh, open an eye wide when they hear that roll up the rim to win is back. You know, when my kids were younger and my sons were younger, when we go to the the arena, everybody had a, a cup of coffee in their hand. So it, it is a part of our culture. Interestingly enough, though, today's guest's name is Max Reve, and he is going to stretch our concept of coffee. He's going to take us beyond the coffee bean. He is the co-founder of a company called Wise Monkey, and I'm going to let him tell you all about that. But it's it's a coffee leaf tea. And he is based in Vancouver, Canada. So kudos to him for getting up early to have this interview with us. Um, his company is on quite a trajectory. They were founded in November of 2014. So that's less than three years ago. And since their inception, Wise Monkey has won Best New Product at the World Tea Expo in 2015. And most recently, Wise Monkey won the best mission-based product at Expo West, 
which is the world's biggest and globally influential natural product expo. So as you will come to learn uh, when we talk to Max, that Wise Monkey hasn't just had an impact on the tea market. It has profoundly impacted the region of La Finca Aurora. Let me say that again. I think it's Finca La Aurora. And he will come and maybe check my pronunciation. But they are a region within Nicaragua. From the company is, I just, I was so excited when Max, I went and hunted him down because I really wanted to interview him. Um, from the actual concept of coffee leaf tea, uh, to their website and right on down to the actual packaging. This company is really cool. I mean, they're founded by a young group, a young twosome. And just to give you, uh, a little gauge of what I mean by really cool. There's enough information on the box where the tea comes from that uh, you can have a cup of their tea and read and get through a whole cup of tea with all the information that's packed on this box. It really is. It's a fun, progressive company. Um, one of the fun facts on the box is that it takes, and this is straight from the box, it takes 32 minutes to harvest and process the tea and that generates 32 minutes of work for the farmers in the region. Max will explain to you again how this coffee leaf tea has profound health benefits as well as profound benefits for the region that it comes from. So I can't wait for you to meet Max. I'm very excited about this company and I'm very excited to have him on the show. And when we come back, I will introduce you to Max Brevet from Wise Monkey.
are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada. Let me give you a brief bio on Max before we introduce you. Um, Max, after experiencing a coffee overdose in November 2012, he decided that tea was the answer. And a few weeks later, he and his partner Arnaud discovered a study showing the health benefits of coffee leaf tea and pursued it as a master's thesis, eventually creating this social venture that we will be speaking to you about. He's passionate about Latin culture, art, and corporate transparency. Having a background in international sustainable development and a master's in international business, Max's personal goal is to set a new standard in the tea and coffee industries for transparency and straightforward communications. He is most excited about the opportunity to revolutionize, revolutionize sorry, the coffee industry and give back to the cultures and people that have given him so many great experiences. As a good Canadian, in his spare time, Max is a hockey player, and as a good 20-something, he is a concert goer and a snowboarder. So good morning, Max. Thank you for joining us. I'm really, really pumped about letting people know about your company, and I'm grateful that you got up early as you are in Vancouver. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kathy. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I and I told everybody that I hunted you down. Um, I, I fell in love with the product. I fell in love with the website. I watched all the videos. And uh, the company just touches on so many different areas. You're not just a product. You are cultivating an area. Start off with telling us how you created the idea of coffee leaf tea. Is this a novel thing? Yeah, so... Um I, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the, the humble beginnings, I guess. Um, at first, I was actually working in Vancouver for a finance company after my, my undergrad degree. And being a uh, sustainable tourism undergrad and going to a finance company as a marketer was soul-crushing. And so I eventually sold everything I owned, and I left after two years, and I went to school in France to go do a, international, um, uh, a master's of international business. And so in that, in that year, that's when I had actually overdosed on coffee. And then just a few weeks after that incident, uh, Arnaud, myself, and our other uh, classmates, we had a group, uh, group project that we had to start together. And we started looking through our different newsletters and like websites and stuff like this to see some creative ideas and whatnot and try and get something going. And eventually we came across a study showing the health benefits of coffee leaf tea and how it was claiming that it has more antioxidants than coffee and tea. And uh, it's actually been consumed as a tea for hundreds of years, if not over a thousand years in Ethiopia and over 300 years in Sumatra. Interesting. With articles, yeah, with articles like the last mentions of coffee leaf tea were in 1843 and like 15, or sorry, 1852 and 1871, things like this, like in these really old journals uh, written by Europeans that were traveling. And so we immediately thought that was interesting because it's something entirely different. Um, and so as we did more research, we had realized that coffee farms are only harvesting the bean for three months out of the year. 
And the rest of the year, they're actually pruning the leaf with basically a skeleton crew of staff. Like everyone is out of work, but the, you know, the 10% that stay after the season's over, they just do the maintenance and they're cutting the leaf off and, and essentially tossing it out. And so we decided to put two and two together and just do this as a project and, and pursue it. And uh, as, as time went on, you know, we became more and more passionate about it and realized that this could really revolutionize the industry for the better and also bring a great product to the market at the same time. You know, you know that's, that's the dream business is when you can solve a huge problem and also have a great product by, by result of, uh, of solving that problem. So, uh, eventually at the end of the year, we presented the project and it, it got, you know, lots of good buzz and people really liked the idea. So instead of chasing an internship and trying to struggle to pay rent, we decided to, uh, to just go to Nicaragua on my credit card because I still had some space left and, um, and go start knocking on doors and find coffee farmers. Wow. How interesting. It, you know, it, and to, to look at that and that's only three years ago, Correct. Uh, that's actually just about four years ago. We're now, getting yeah. up to four years now. So the the time lag then is not a great deal between you going and looking for a farm and bringing the product to market. That's quite a fast turnaround. For something that has never really existed in the in the in the way that we've done it, yeah, it's it's and also like if you consider like for example, we went down there. We were we actually planned our trip to be one month long, and. We had we didn't know any coffee farmers. We did know a, a place that we could process the leaf, and and at least have like at least have a place where it's clean and there's uh, there's like equipment set up for that because they're already doing herbal teas, and so we figured okay this will be the, the right spot, and sure enough, you know we thought it would take three weeks to get a sample and then we'd go surfing for a few for for a few days and then fly back to Vancouver. <laughs> But it was much, much more complicated than that. I was going to say, it uh, doesn't sound like it's too bad of a, of, of a job. No, no, of course <laughs> not. But, uh, but yeah, it, took us, it ended up taking us three months to get a sample. And we barely got it at the end just before we flew out. And I was already, I was already, I already maxed out my travel insurance and everything. So we were <laughs> running on fumes uh, by the time we got back to Vancouver. That was, I think we, we got back like October 30th, just before Halloween. And we had left the end of July. And so we spent way longer than we had expected. And, um, but we came back with, with a great product and very little of it though. So we had to really stage, you know, our, our, our growth plan and everything else like that and, and try to do essentially do all the paperwork in the beginning, obviously with, with health Canada and things like this and CFIA and, and get everything approved and, and checked out. And that took months just of calling health Canada constantly and trying to get them to do something about it. Cause the worst part is that no one knows how to classify it. If it's, if it's an herbal tea or if it's something from uh-huh. the coffee tree or the coffee plant. So it became really confusing. It's like, it's like being a, it's like, ha- it's like having like a, a limbo status for your passport in a sense. Like it, it was like, we're a citizen, but we're not. And you know, where do we fall? What category do we fall in? So anyways, you know, enough, enough time will, will heal all wounds in that yeah. sense. And so we eventually kind of got that sorted out and, um, and then just, Every single year, we kept scaling up and having a bit more product and a bit more product and uh, and a better recipe and, and innovating more and trying everything. Honestly, like doing all this stuff by hand and then training the farmers to, to produce it with a team while we were gone. How did so, you how did you uh, meet up with Enrique? So for the first for the first uh, two years, we were operating with uh, another farmer in the beginning named Armando and his and his business partner and. Um, 
it was a really great start. Armando was an incredibly smart guy and very uh, generous and very caring, and, and you could tell that he was he was uh, excited about this project because he could see the benefit, the socioeconomic benefit for the region more than anything. Um, but unfortunately, his business partner started getting really greedy with us and started to basically try to take advantage of you know two young white guys and uh, and just try to rip us off eventually. Mm-hmm. And we figured that we figured that out two summers ago when we were working with them down there. And at the exact same time, right as things were going incredibly sour with our with our uh, first producer, and it was weird because we were getting better sales. We were getting like there was only more potential, and it was just going great. And then he just started getting really sour and just just kind of divesting from it. And so as this is all falling apart, um, because we're always in the coffee region, we end up meeting other Westerners. And, you know, North Americans essentially that are there to buy coffee as well. And so we met this girl from Minnesota, Amanda, who is just an unbelievable soul. And she introduced us to Enrique because essentially Enrique and his family kind of adopted her as like the local, you know, local sister in the, in the family. And, uh, and we, when we went to his farm, we were absolutely blown away at the setup that he had for the workers. Like it, it's, above and beyond any fair trade co-op we've ever seen and above and beyond any of the other private farms that we had seen. Whereas there's apartments for people to live in, there's playgrounds, there's small school, there's a, there's kitchens, there's social areas and big halls, you know, to do uh, events in and stuff like this. There's, there's spring water fountains all over the farm. And, and that sounds like something that's so rudimentary to have like just water access, but I'll be honest, you'd be surprised at how little, uh, there is clean water and freshwater access in coffee farms and to the point where people will boil water uh, from like these big drums. It's not necessarily clean water at all, but they'll boil water to obviously disinfect it. But then because it's hot, they'll just make coffee because they need the energy. And for example, the first farm we worked on, uh, one guy had kidney stones and, uh, and a lot of uh, bladder issues because he drank so much coffee, he ended up getting, having to get a surgery. And I mean, this is something that's really simple. You know, you need water. Everyone needs water. And Mm -hmm. so they obviously get that. And as soon as we, you know, really talked to him about the coffee leaf and the potential behind it and everything else, you know, you could tell he had a light bulb that just turned on in his head and he was absolutely excited about it. And you could tell he had, you know, hundreds of ideas and different ways of doing it, cultivating methods, you know, because he's an agronomist and he's also a a financial, financial expert. And so he knows how, the biology of the plant turns into numbers at scale and what effect they can have socioeconomically on, on the industry and also the people that work in it. So originally, if I've, if I've followed this correctly, the, the coffee industry was a very shortened industry. So how has wise monkey changed the, the culture, changed the environment, changed the socioeconomic um, status of, and I'll try and say this right. La Finca Aurora. Is that correct? Yep. So how yep. how have you coming in and you're working with one farmer alone? How have you been able to to transpose this this small area in Nicaragua with your company? So the first year that we were working with Enrique, we had about uh, 26 workers that were hired throughout the off season to actually stay on the farm and and help us harvest the leaf and process the leaf and, and also learn how to do that and, and, and do a lot of trial and error to, to get a nice product. Um, and just to show you the growth. So that was, that was in 2015 and in 2016 throughout the summer, we hired over 110 people 
to actually work on a farm and, and not have to migrate or look for other jobs in the meantime. So putting it and, into and perspective, you've been able to have people come to your farm and establish a life there. So they are not traveling every three months looking with their families, looking for other means to support themselves. Yeah, a really common a really common story is um, actually one of our friends, uh, a, a young guy too. One of our friends, he's probably like twenty two, and he was he was working on the first farm that we were working at. His name is Marvin, and he in the summertime he would cross the border illegally to go to Costa Rica and get construction jobs to to make cash money and better better you know a barely better uh, hourly rate in in Costa Rica. And bring that back to Nicaragua, uh, and eventually work in the coffee season again when when it's when it's back on. And you know that's that's a pretty common story. It happens all the time. And um, and you know families just get disrupted so much because they have to move and they have to you know the, especially the kids because mm-hmm. they're they have to go to a different school and then all of a sudden they're halfway through the year and they have to catch up on whatever lesson that the you know the teacher's been teaching at that point. And then when the season's back on, they have to move back to the farm and they get thrown into the school again, again, halfway through the year, you yeah. know, different, different topic again. And this happens every single year. And so as you know, we've interviewed the teachers on the farm and, and kind of really, uh, we dug deep in the situation to learn more about it. And, and basically what happens is because they're always jumping around, going from school to school and never really having a consistent, uh, education, they basically, they basically fail on a lot of projects and assignments and say, okay, you know what? School just isn't for me. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this kind of thing. And they end up dropping out by the age of 12 and that's the average age. And so if you can imagine, you know, when you're 12 years old, you're in grade six, you know, that's, as, that's as far as your educa- education can go. And even a grade six level in Nicaragua is not going to be a grade six level of someone in, in, in Toronto or Vancouver mm-hmm. or New York, you know, it's, it's a different kind of education. So it's really, it's really tough to see that happen, and and now you see, for example, a lot of the a lot of the women that harvest the leaf, they're they're in their late twenties and, and early thirties, going into their forties, and they all regret dropping out of school. And some of them are going back to school and doing grade five when they're you know in their mid thirties. It's it's amazing. It's it, really tough. It, yeah, I imagine. But you've given so much hope for these people. And this is what really drew me to your company. I mean, I love the product. I have had the product. I've tasted the tea. It's delicious. But the company is so much more than the product that it sells. And we haven't even talked about the health benefits of your tea yet. So when we come back after the break, Max, um, I, I want you to, to tell people about your product because it is, it is the essence of what's keeping this, uh, your, your company going, obviously, but also the inspirational work that's being done within, uh, this little town. It's a little town, I'm assuming, a small town in Nicaragua, La Finca Aurora. Essentially, there, there's Matagalpa, which is the center of the coffee region there. And then, uh, Finca Ahoja is, is the, is the farm where we operate and, uh, to give you an idea, it's it's about half an hour out of the city. But to give you an idea of the size, so in the off season, there's about a hundred people that work. Um, typically, without doing without counting the people that work on the leaf, in a typical scenario, there's about a hundred people that stay on throughout the off season. So that's from basically May up until uh, November, and then during the coffee season, there's anywhere from 650 to to 850 people that work, 
And so that's how, that's the influx of people that come in and out. In and if you out. can imagine that. It's like a whole town that leaves and comes back every single year. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So great. So I'm really looking forward to having people uh, after the break understanding the health benefits and and how 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 working this food, basically whole food into your diet is is going to be so very, very helpful to a lot of ailments that uh, we on this side of the world are seeing. We'll be right back after this break. And you are listening to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada.
You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, and our guest today is Max Reve from Wise Monkey. We've just spent a good deal of time giving you a glimpse into what Wise Monkey has done for a coffee region in Nicaragua called La Finca Aurora. I think I'm getting that name down, actually. Um, before we get into the name of Wise Monkey and how you named your company that, which is a very fun name, and the logo is great, too, by the way, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your partner and the company structure? We were talking about that at the break, and then we're just going to dive deep into the health benefits of your coffee. So let us know your partner's name is Arnaud. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So when I went to France, uh, Arnaud and I were in the same class, and that's how basically this all started. And um, eventually, when we had when we were introduced to Enrique and saw his farm, we wanted to bring him in the company. That way we were going to be vertically integrated from the farm right to the, you know, the actual packaged product. And, and what we like to say to sum that up is essentially earth to cup, where we actually grow the product. We manage the, the entire growth process. We do all the leaf processing on site at the farm. It doesn't go anywhere else. And then we pack it all into 50 kilogram bags and, and into the container at the farm. And then it goes right to the port to, and gets shipped up to Vancouver via ocean freight. And so it's the most vertically integrated coffee or tea company that that we have seen so far um, in history i i've been looking for other examples and it's really hard to beat that where you know the actual owner is a director and an equal partner in the retail brand and it's not a a, a conglomerate that is a you know when they say cooperative owned and stuff like this like you still have a lot of people in that chain and there's still a lot of um, kind of room for error and room for greed when when there's co-ops and so this way we know that you know we're paying one guy and he pays his workers directly, and there's just no, you know, there's no uh, middleman, there's no uh, mess or fluff or anything in between that. And that way, it's also very fresh tea because it's direct from the source. You know, you're not you're not reselling this to a regional buyer who sells it to an an exporter who sells it to an importer who sells it to a distributor who sells it to a another uh, you know small scale distributor to a cafe. So that's the typical chain for tea with about six or seven levels of resale before it ever gets to the consumer. And that's why typical tea products are over a year and a half old by the time they get to the consumer shelf or really in your hands. And so this stuff, I'm drinking some right now, and, and this is a harvest from last November. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get any fresher than that. So. so you're really fulfilling your transparency goal. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's just way it's way easier that way for innovation and having quick products. You know, for something like this where we have growing demand, you know, we have to really act fast, and uh, and this structure helps us do that. And it also makes sure that we always have the farmers' values at the core of the business, and and we and we keep that going forward. You know, as we grow, and you, you're, we're going to have other, you know, outside influences try to tell us to do you know what's right and all this stuff, but. We really wanted to do this right and, and build a team at the very beginning and go forward and, you know, and build around that versus trying to just have a farmer and then have our company and, and try to collaborate that way. It's, it just gets too complicated because then you have fighting priorities. Mm-hmm. And so we just said, you know what, this is fit us to work. We got to, we got to, you know, we just got to partner all together in this and, and just go full bore together. Good for you. Good for you. So the name of the company is Wise Monkey and that's W-I-Z-E. How did you come across that? So it's it's funny. There's actually 
five families of monkeys that live on Enrique's farm. And if you watch our videos, you can probably, I think there's a few shots where you can see them. And also just throughout the day when you're at the farm, you just hear them in the distance howling all the time. They're all, they're howler monkeys are very common in Latin America. And, uh, and we figured, you know, a monkey is a clever problem solver. They make collected decisions for their group or their family. And they're not, you know, a selfish decision maker. And they also live in harmony with nature. So that's a, that's a wise monkey. You know, why that, that's a perfect ethos to follow for something like this or anything really. And and so we figured, you know, that's for us, it was a, it was a no brainer. And, and yeah, so we just decided to go with wise monkey and, and we ended up testing it with some people and doing some surveys and, you know, families and family and friends. And it ended up just scoring, scoring by far the highest, <laughs> the best name. So we just ran with it. It's it's a great name, you know. Honestly, and this is why I'm I'm so excited that you're here. Every aspect of your company that I see has just been very very well thought out, and the transparency issue is you know keeping it simple. I mean, I don't know why we stray from that in so many aspects, but it's just you've just hit everything right. It seems to me. Um, let's get into the health benefits of the tea. This is um, this is actually how I found you, Max. Um, I have uh, I deal with a lot of cancer patients, and I'm always looking for healthful foods. Um, I, I I do you know there is supplementation that's often um, that I often recommend to people, but I'm always trying to base uh, the, their nutritional intake on foods. So I'm always looking for new things. Um, trying to find new products. And this is how I stumbled on Wise Monkey. So can you tell us more about how the, the benefits of the, of the coffee leaf tea are, are really so, so beneficial to people, not just of, of, of good health, but also in people who are trying to turn their health around? Sure. So this entire thing started when uh, Arno and I found the study showing that the health benefits of coffee leaf tea and, uh, and how the, the actual total phenolic compounds and essentially the total antioxidant content was higher than green tea or coffee, which was obviously very uh, astounding to us. Um, and one of the main reasons why it has become uh, one of the more sought-after products for, for things like cancer research and, and, and other antioxidant, uh, anti-inflammatory testing and stuff like this is because it contains mangiferin. And mangiferin is typically found in the mango leaf and mango tree bark. Um, that being said, I, th- I think it's more available with the coffee leaf essentially because there's just so many coffee leaves and mangoes are, are more expensive to produce, um, obviously a much more complicated fruit. And so every, every, it seems like every single three weeks or a month right now, there's a new study showing uh, the health benefits of mangiferin and how it's been uh, you know, reducing things like, uh, and this, this is all, none of this stuff is clinical studies yet where you have 10,000 people, et cetera. It's all uh, in vivo or in vitro. So small testing and either in mice or in, uh, in essentially just petri dishes to, to test. And it's been showing to reduce the size of prostate cancer tumors um, and, and being a very strong anti-inflammatory. It's also uh, antiviral as well. Um, there's like, there's so many things. I, the list is so long. Um, it, it, people have been using it for a chemoprotective agent as well. Um, also uh, showing some positive benefits against breast cancer. Beyond beyond the cancer aspect, it's also shown to um, to work uh, against diabetes and also uh, work you know against obesity because it actually helps to clear cholesterol from the blood system. 
It's also been showing to protect brain cells um, from uh, degradation, and uh, and also help in the same in the same uh, context also help to uh, maintain memory, and uh, and beyond that. Again, it's been it's been used for about a thousand years. Mangifern and mango leaves has been used for about a thousand years in in China, India, especially, uh, and Latin America for different reasons for skin rashes and things like this, and also to help with asthma. And there's more recent there's some more recent studies showing that it has some really good effects uh, to help with asthma as well. So, I mean, the list is is it's, honestly it's just so impressive. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I can't say that a coffee leaf tea will do any of that for you. Um, obviously, you know, we need to have some really wide-ranging studies to really show some long-term benefits and effects. Um, you know, that being said, there's so much promising information out there of, uh, of all these new studies that have, have been coming out. And, you know, a lot of it started in the, in the mid-2000s. And then once, our, once the, the, uh, the study came out that we, that we had seen the first time in 2012, about coffee leaves and mangiferin. Now, all of a sudden, since then, it's just been this huge explosion of studies on mangiferin uh, and the effects on the body just because with the coffee leaf having so much of it, it's so much more available that way mm-hmm. and, uh, and easier to, to produce, essentially. So now they're focusing a lot on mangiferin to see what they can do to, uh, to use it for different aspects. Why don't you tell everybody about your pre-hockey protocol and why yeah. you use it? Yeah, so... Essentially, um, I seem to always get heartburn, especially when I play hockey. And uh, I played at a really high level. When I went to France, I actually played some pro hockey uh, before I started my master's there. And I, and I eventually played on a national team throughout the, the rest of my, my school year. And, you know, we're working super long hours now. We're working, you know, 10, 12-hour days. It is a startup. So we're working basically from 8 to 8. And uh, if I if I'm leaving the office and I'm just absolutely exhausted and I have a hockey game in an hour, I'll usually, I'll try to make like a cold seat tea in the fridge uh, throughout the day. Like I'll do it in the morning. That way it sits all day and it, it just like steeps into, into like basically a, a big shaker. And, uh, and by the time it's, it's by the time I leave for hockey, it, it's steeped and it's ready to go. And so I'll drink that on my way to hockey because it has some light caffeine, but not too much. And I'm, I'm very caffeine sensitive. As, as you mentioned in the intro, I actually overdosed on coffee and obviously the caffeine just destroyed me. <laughs> and so now I stay away from it, uh, you know, as much as I can, but RT is lighting caffeine and it's perfect because it still gives me a bit like the clarity and focus, but it doesn't give me any of the crash or any of the, of like the, uh, the nervous effects where you get the jitters or you get the sweats or anything like that. It, it's much more calming and it's more like a, like a Zen like focus versus, you know, getting a, a huge kick in the butt with caffeine and then all of a sudden you're, you're fighting to feel uh, or you're fighting to stay awake, you know, half an hour later. So that's what I do before hockey and, you know, in, in some occasions and I found it to be actually quite beneficial because it's very hydrating and it gives you some, some, some nice, uh, nice energy levels that you can really manage after the game and not stay up all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great part is that, you know, it's zero calories and it's super smooth. So it's, it's very easy to drink. So it's it's healthful all along all platforms. It's it's for the healthy. It's for those trying to get into health. It's it's a great great product. Where where do you see your company in the next five to ten years? Are you going to continue uh, zeroing in on coffee leaf? Do you have any plans of venturing into other 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 avenues? Where we we live and die by the coffee leaf. You know, there's it's like it's like we just discovered. Uh, the tea leaf, 
you know, 3,000 years ago when tea started, can you imagine telling yourself like, oh yeah, you know, this is going to be huge in 3,000 years and it's going to be incredibly healthy. We just don't even know it yet. Um, so we're, we're in that, in that stage right now where there's so much more research to do and there's so much, honestly, it's just so fun to produce different types of coffee leaf tea. And so for example, our product right now would be similar to um, like a light black tea in regards to the look and also the process that we apply to the coffee leaf. But we can apply uh, a green tea processing methods to the coffee leaf as well and create a totally different looking tea that has a different profile and tastes more like a like an oolong tea or a green tea if, if people are familiar with oolong. And, and it even has a slightly different health benefits as well. So it, it's, there's so much more to discover. And and, and even the, the health benefits I mentioned earlier, that's just based on one of the compounds. There's also chlorogenic acid, which has, uh, it helps to boost metabolism. It's also very good at reducing inflammation. There's also rutin, which uh, rutin has been known to have uh, antimicrobial, antifungal, anti-allergenic effects, um, also good for cancer, diabetes, hypertension, hypercholesterolioma, leomia. <laughs> Sorry, it's a very long word. That's, that's, a, tr- that's a tricky one. Yeah, and and, and uh, we're actually doing just to touch on that one more one more time. We're actually doing a study with uh, University of British Columbia and the National Research Council right now, which is a, a Canadian um, organization. Essentially, they're they're giving us some grant funding to do more research on this. And we have a PhD student and the uh, the dean of of uh, food sciences doing a study right now. And and the first stage of the study that they did, they just did like kind of a blanket study on the coffee leaf tea and, and its effect on, on human cells and, and what it does. And they found that it actually has the capacity to uh, regulate metric oxide levels and by, by result also regulate blood pressure levels. And so now we're seeing that it, it also helps in inflammation and, and you know this laundry list of things, but it also has its really specific effect that apparently is, is incredibly rare that it actually regulates blood pressure. So we're actually now in the process of doing a second round of studies to go deeper into this and find exactly which compound in the coffee leaf tea is actually affecting nitric oxide. And if, if, uh, if you're not familiar with nitric oxide, it's literally one of the, 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 the building blocks of human cells. It's in every single cell, and it's just nitrogen and oxygen together. So if you can imagine those two core compounds, I mean, that's an incredibly, you know, rooted Molecule. It's not. It's not hyper complex. It's. It's very much part of nature in, in, in a lot of different forms. And so, you know, like I said, the, there's just so much more to discover. So we're going to start going into different varieties of teas and and really trying to dig into more of the effects that they're doing. Um, down the road, it, it might go into uh, creating extracts for uh, medical applications, also cosmetics things like this, uh, you know, there's so much more to, to work with it. And whether or not Wise Monkey is like the brand name on the bottle type thing is, is irrelevant for us. We just want to find out if this can really change a lot of people's lives on the medical, uh, on the medical as- uh, level. And then, you know, try to, try to bring that to the market, whatever is the most uh, efficient way possible. And, you know, to help, to help people find solutions. And, and so um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's really cool. It's hard to explain how excited we are because this is something that, has never been never been done in history, and every single time we have a new discovery, you know, it's we're we're literally writing our own future as we speak. It's, it's fascinating. So, us uh, finding out about your product, our listeners, we're on the cusp of something that is is potentially going to be quite big and quite profound in all its application, and that's why I was so thrilled uh, that you that you 
decided to become a guest on our show that you accepted the invitation. Um, let's get down to some some brass tacks about a few things. Um, how would our listeners get a hold of your tea? Um, we have people from different countries, not just Canada, where you're from. How would they get a hold of your tea, and what flavors does it come in? I've had the jasmine, and it's delicious. But if you uh, could just let us know that before we wrap up here, that would be great. Sure. So we're nationally distributed in Canada, uh, mostly mostly in health foods, uh, health food stores. Sorry, um, but we're also in in major uh, premium groceries like we're Whole Foods, for example. Um, just in the Ontario, Toronto area, you know, Ambrosia is one of them. Uh, it's, a, it's a fairly popular one. And, um, and it's just, we're all across the country. And you, you can go on our website and wisemonkey.com slash stores, and we have a store locator. And you can find all the stores in Canada. But for everybody else, we, we ship worldwide on our website. So we've already sold product to, to uh, individual customers in over 40 countries. And, and that, was, that was remarkable for us to see that we have people from Myanmar and, you know, way up in Serbia <laughs> and all, over, all, you know, New Zealand and all this stuff. Like it, it's just all over the map. And it was just really, it's really cool to see that people are really connecting with this uh, on, a global, on a global level. So, um, so yeah, if, if there's any information you need, you know, the website has it all in terms of the stores in, in Canada. Uh, but again, you can always order online and, and we ship worldwide. We don't have any sort of restrictions on countries, nothing like that. Thanks, Max. And as we wrap, here, uh, wrap up here, I just, again, want to thank you for joining us and congratulations. It's, it's a terrific company. I encourage all of you to visit the website. It is Wise Monkey with a Z and you can find out all about their store. You will also be able to find out about Wise Monkey on our website. It's radiomaria.ca. It will be on my website, kathybiasse.com. Again, if you have any feedback, you can uh, tweet us at Radio Maria Can or at my personal tweet at Kathy underscore Biasse or go to our websites, radiomaria.ca, kathybiasse.com. So again, Max, thank you so much. And before we sign off, just your little tip for the day. Uh, we're getting into grilling season now. It's starting to warm up here in Toronto. And just a little tip. I'm a big fish eater and I find that to help your fish from falling apart when you are cooking it, Line your pan or line your grill with lemon pieces and cook the fish right on top. That way, when you take it off, you have that whole piece of fish and it hasn't fallen apart. And you also get that lovely lemony flavor. So that's your little tip for the day. Thank you very much for joining us here at the Health Hub on Radio Maria. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. 
here on Radio Maria Canada.